What up, Oasis people? What up? Hey. We're back. We got another episode, but to be honest, it's a little bit more of a somber one. We can't. Yeah. We should have just started low key. What up, Oasis people? Hi. Talking about bitterness and cynicism. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but to get us rattled off, to get to get the excitement, the blood pumping as we dive into this topic, what is a conspiracy theory that you cannot get behind? Like. No matter how many people try to tell tell you one way, like you're just like that is not true. Go for it. Um, I'll take it back home because there's one from where I'm from in Rapid that there is this thing at Mount Rushmore um, called the Hall of Records, and it was a thing that Gutslam Borglum, the guy who carved Mount Rushmore, <laughs> that's a name. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly how you say it, but it's close. Close enough. Um, but he wanted to behind Mount Rushmore carving like this giant hallway and giant room where like the precious documents of the country would be stored. It's like the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, stuff like that. Um, and there's a granite, there's supposed to be a granite sign at the front. And I think there actually is that says until, um, until the, these stones erode away, neither shall these documents. Um, and it's supposed to be like this huge protection chamber so that like our original documents of the founding of this country should never fade away until literally the rocks around it erode. Um, but it never happened. Um, it's just a giant empty carved out hallway with nothing in it. And people think that in that hallway that it didn't not get finished, that it did get finished and we're hiding things like aliens or actually the documents back there or like national treasures, city of gold, mm which is totally wrong. It's just a giant <laughs> granite hallway. With okay, so it is It does there. exist. It, oh, okay. the, the hallway is there. The room isn't. Because it was supposed to be like a 70-foot hallway that led oh, that into led this into giant this room. room. Okay. Yeah. I've not heard about any of this before. Nope. But it's behind, native, sorry, yeah. it's, it's behind, in Indiana history. <laughs> behind the heads. Okay. Up on top. And if you get up there, you're probably going to get shot first. But. Well. Do they have like guards just like watching yeah it? security really? yeah all the I've time. also never been to Mount Rushmore. So. Don't mess with what? The head. Don't mess with the president's heads. Yeah, you've never been. Mm -mm. All these times you've gone to Rapid, you've never been. Okay, so here's the story. I when I moved out here, I had never been, and so yeah. then I was like, I'm intentionally not gonna go yeah, that's and make it my thing. You know, like oh yeah, I've lived in South Dakota for X amount of times, I've never been. Go to yeah. Rapid City three <laughs> times a year. Yeah, exactly. But when we were out for a staff retreat, myself and another staff person did did drive past it so i have seen the heads but i've never it's actually cool been. isn't it mm -hmm. it's okay no His it's face awesome is carved in a every rock. time i see it i'm like yep that is cool Back i mean we... if i sat and thought about it it's probably cool like how do they do that but yeah we need to uh, the Jack history and, and story behind it is not cool we're, we're getting anyway. sucked down to a, a, a <laughs> rabbit hole Jaina, why don't you hit us with your conspiracy oh, I didn't theory think about this hard enough uh some of the ones that i think are the most ridiculous are like that Big name celebrities who have like tragically died actually didn't like die. Tupac? Like faked, yeah, faked their death. Yep. Or like Michael Jackson isn't Elvis. dead. Or like, yeah, <laughs> they're just like hiding out and they have just like changed their identities. Yeah. I don't have a specific one in mind, but I just I'm like, no, they probably died. For me, I've had this debate too many times in the last six months. Oh boy. And it's Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Yeah, oh, we have yeah, talked about I this. I get behind that. People are like, yeah. And there's a couple people here on staff. I won't name names. I won't name names. But there's a couple people who want me to affirm the idea that Sasquatch could exist. They're not telling me he does exist. 
They're, they want yeah. me to open up my mind to the reality that he could exist. They're saying mm-hmm. there's all of this land mass in the northern world, like upwards in Canada or Siberia and, and over in Russia. Like they're saying there's all this land mass that could house an entire semi-human species like a sasquatch Mm. that we just don't know about and i cannot get behind that (laughs) i've seen way too many tv shows about it that are so obviously fake that Mm. it's ruined it for me i yeah yeah. i I can't do it i still would need to know better understand what sasquatch is i don't know that's part of the problem big walking monkey man right is he bear is he monkey we don't know yeah he's is he really a crossbreed is it just some crazy like bush no, person people, that's been living in the wild for too long i think people think it's like are, a, you know? it's like a entire animal group like it's not just one lone bigfoot right i think it's like there are bigfoots oh really I yes heard like there's a whole colony of bigfoots out there somewhere <laughs> and we've just never Big discovered village. yeah crazy big footies all right we talk about <laughs> Big footies, that's we, it we, i believe we spend too much time on conspiracy theories uh for this podcast because we're talking about bitterness and cynicism, and when we come to some of these things, you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm a little bitter about Sasquatch, <laughs> but I'm also super cynical. Yeah. And each one of us, when we talked about these different things, there's different emotions that will arrive, but that cynicism part can be really key in our disbelief. Mm-hmm. So let's start by just throwing out some classic Oasis definitions. What is bitterness? And then one, someone else can tell what's cynicism. Yeah, bitterness is um, anger and disappointment being at being untreated, uh, treated unfairly or just general resentment. Yeah. Yeah. So then cynicism is an attitude or that's characterized by general, general distrust of the motives of others. Mm-hmm. We're both stumbling over our words. Um, so cynicism then will come, will have characteristics that come and reveal themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So like in both of these, the reason we talk about it is because it creeps up on people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really easy to point at an older generation and say they're bitter and they're cynical, Mm. but I feel like we're seeing it even more and more in our generation. That's like people are bitter and cynical as 18 to 25 year olds. And that, that I, maybe it's true and it's happened in, in the past too, but I just feel like it's even more prevalent now. So why would we start and talk about this? Because we know it's contrary to Jesus. Like where would we point people to even just start this conversation. Yeah, I mean, of course, we go to uh, Galatians 5. We look at the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And then even prior to that in Galatians 5, um, Paul says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another, um, so that you are not to do whatever you want. And so, like, this legit the opposite of mm. what we're called to do by like expressing the, the fruits of the spirit um that bitterness and cynicism are a lot of the opposite of what we would call the fruit of the spirit yeah and paul has called us in galatians 5 to live contrary to the flesh, to the flesh. yeah so i think we live in a generation right now or a time period where we're really feelings based we've talked about mm-hmm. this yeah. on staff a little bit that we're really inclined to go where our feelings are leading us. Mm-hmm. So if we're bitter, we're bitter and we're just okay being bitter. Or if we're cynical, that's just how we feel. It's just the reality we live in. In some ways, it's just our truth. Mm-hmm. But the scripture here is teaching contrary to that. How would, how would you like say you're sitting with someone and they're saying, hey, I feel these things, but you see mm-hmm. the scripture telling them to live in a different way. We're going to get into practicality later. Yeah. But how do you start to walk out these two opposite ideas? Yeah. I think, and we've said this before that, 
our feelings are valid, mm. um, but they're not. Um, oh, I'm blanking. What's the word? Real, but not real. Always thank reliable. you. Yeah. Real, but not always reliable. Um, so the feelings that you have, that's okay to have them and to recognize them, but it's always good to evaluate why those exist. Mm-hmm. So what is going on that is this causing these feelings of bitterness, the cynicism, um, and begin to evaluate that and unpack that and maybe seek healing or uh, mm-hmm. restoration and whatever may be leading to those feelings. So the question almost becomes not necessarily the feelings, but what are you doing with the feelings? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally. Or even like where are the feelings coming from? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like w- we, we, o- we oftentimes like to look downstream, you know what I mean? Like we're feeling this thing and when we start to look where, where can I go in the future? What can I do to change it? Or, but a, a lot of health can come in looking upstream. Mm-hmm. Like what made me feel this way? Yep. What, what caused me to feel that cynicism and that bitterness? Yeah. And part of it is just this world we live in, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Like, let's talk about that for a second. Why is bitterness and cynicism so prevalent in the current world? Yeah, well, it's going to be prevalent in, in every time period yeah. in the world um, because we know that this world is broken and that there's mm-hmm. fallenness. In John 16, it reminds us, it says, that in this world you have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Like, it, it is recognized that this life, this earthly world that we live is going to have hardship is going to have trouble. Um, and so we're bound to experience this. Um, but the reality is that, that because of Jesus and when we trust in him, we can see the victory through it. Yeah, totally. And I also think like, I don't think we have to try and persuade anyone that we're selfish people. Mm. And so when you go back to the definition of cynicism, that it's the attitude characterized by a general distrust or the motive of others, we think it's our way or the highway. Yeah. Mm. And so when we, don't see our way come to fruition or we have to do it some way different than the way we'd like to or plan. Mm-hmm. We automatically like vilify that person yeah. who says, no, I think we need to take this other road. And so in a culture where we can easily share our opinions, our thoughts, you know, our directions, there is such a, a huge like boiling pot of like, no, it's my way or the highway and mm. cynicism all over the place Yeah, that it's now like me against the world. Mm. So we just want like, yeah, it's only the only thing that matters in the world is what I want. Yeah. And now you try and place that on everybody else and you're going to be cynical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And totally like even in my silly Sasquatch example, it's like they're trying to get me to just open my <laughs> mind to the idea that yeah. and I'm just like, that is so dumb. <laughs> that, And that's probably how we respond to a lot of things. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're a liberal and you have someone who's a conservative and you're trying to exchange views but you're like you are so dumb that i can't even get to that <laughs> yeah. place you know or this yeah. or vice versa yeah. you got someone who's a conservative looking at, or you got someone who's a christian looking at someone who's jewish or someone who's mm-hmm. muslim someone who's hindu yeah. and you're like you are so dumb like i don't even know how you understand that how you get mm-hmm. to that and we're just so closed off to the ideas that other people and not mm-hmm. worth that we're saying you need to change your ideas in any of those you yeah. know like if you're a christian we would advocate you stay a christian <laughs> but like there's this cynicalness mm-hmm. that is of a hard heart that is this unwillingness to listen and receive and I bounce ideas off of each other. And do you yeah. feel like, okay, this is a question we've talked, cynicism and bitterness are linked, but do you feel like one leads into another or like mm-hmm. one feeds another or are they like simultaneous? How does that work? Do you feel like? I feel like maybe bitterness would come before cynicism. That's what I was saying. Yeah. That cynicism mm-hmm. is, the culmination of a lot of bitterness mm. um, or repeated bitterness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I think they can also both exist at the same time. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like one yeah. stops. When- yeah. mm-hmm. 
maybe this is wrong, but I think I've always thought of bitterness as as a feeling or emotion and cynicism as a disposition mm. yep. um, that totally. you kind of take on that usually encompasses a lot of bitterness and, and frustration. And maybe that doesn't totally match up with the definitions no, we I, gave, but like you can say like, I think often you hear like that's he's a cynic or she's a mm-hmm. cynic. Yeah, I'm perfect. cynical. Yeah, it's just descriptive. That's just of who like you who are. I am. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a lot of people can experience bitterness, even if they're not cynical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's good. And it, it to me, it feels like I would answer the same way. Yep. Bitterness is this process, this feeling that gets you to a place of like cynical nature. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the hardening of the heart to the part where your heart is now hard. Yep. You know, yeah. like yep. cynical is describing the reality that you now exist in, whereas bitterness might be what got you there and what you continue mm-hmm. to experience while you're there. Right. How do we reverse that? Right. That's the key yeah. is if we recognize it's contrary to the fruit of the spirits, contrary to the way of Jesus, we're supposed to exist in love, peace, hope, joy, like trust. Like, yeah. but yet we, we experience these emotions. We maybe have that hard heart. Where do we go in the first place to overcome those things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll start with uh, forgiveness is a big part of this. Um, we look in scripture, we can see over and over again where uh, forgiveness is prescribed as um just the healing aspect of different hardships in life. Um, so we can look at Matthew six twelve. It says, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. That's from the Lord's prayer, mm-hmm. a part that um, God, Jesus commanded his people and people on how to pray um, that we could forgive in the same way we've been forgiven. Um, we can look in Ephesians four, verse 32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Um, and so this is a big way to fight bitterness. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgiveness is um, to take that step to uh, forgiveness is, is kind of twofold. It's for the person that you're forgiving, but then also for yourself yeah. as well to not hold on to the hardship and the negative feelings and the biz- bitterness um, and cynicism that often we can mm-hmm. face. And as we started this podcast, we, we talked about being bitter or cynical towards ideas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of that is true, yep. but yeah. the ideas quickly become being bitter and cynical towards the people holding the ideas. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's where Very we quickly. really strike at the heart of some of the evil of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's okay to disagree with an idea or to think an idea is dumb. But when you start to disagree or when you start to think people are dumb or when yeah. you start to mistreat people mm-hmm. and you start to not validate people as, as people, that's when it's a really slippery slope into mm-hmm. not the way of Jesus. Yeah. So is there a difference, do you feel like, as you've experienced it or as like you see others experience it between the bitterness that is between ideas and people mm. like when their heart becomes hard, not only to an idea, but to a very person, like how does forgiveness Ooh, play yeah. into both of those? Cause mm-hmm. you don't really have to forgive an idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But this call of forgiveness is an antidote or a remedy towards a hard heart towards people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of shotgunned a lot of questions at you. No. Uh, yeah. I think maybe where I would go with this is um, there's one quote that I, I read somewhere this, like it is hard to like, hate or like be bitter towards someone if you understand them Mm. like if you don't understand somebody it's super easy yeah to to hate them to be cynical towards them to be Mm. bitter towards them but if you like take time to like sit down with them understand all right why did you have this idea Mm. where is this coming from uh what tweaks can we make so that we're both on board with this yeah is there a way that i can see your point of view and you can see mine Mm -hmm. and go into it with an open mind now that's a whole conversation of how you get there to have that conversation with an open mind but to go in there uh, like prayerfully Mm. asking god like would you open my heart so that i can you know receive well in this conversation so that i can be at peace with this idea with this person and so then i'm not attaching the idea and my 
dislike or distaste of the idea yeah. to that person mm-hmm. and making their idea and, and my dislike, uh, distaste of that, their identity for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so that's good. good. Cause it's yeah. like, my example goes to, I'm bitter towards a friend because of something they did to yep. me. And now I'm mm-hmm. cynical towards friendships in the future. Mm-hmm. I think that's a reality. Someone's mm-hmm. probably, yeah. someone listening is probably experiencing. Like I had this relationship. It was going great, either romantic or just friendship. And something happened where now I'm bitter about it. I'm mm-hmm. hurt about it. Yeah. And I find myself cynical towards it. And in that, most of the time when people hurt other people, they don't do it just for the spite of hurting other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like most people, not all people, most people don't have the intention to just go out and hurt other people. They yeah. do it out of a defense of their own insecurities, their own trauma, their own brokenness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you might have a friend who, hey, they they lied to you and that hurt you and you're no longer friends to them, but they maybe lied to you because the thing they lied to you about, they were insecure about themselves and they started to, to try to cover up that insecurity in, in lies and deceit. Or like you had a relationship where two people, you were romantic together, boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever. And like one cheated on another. And it's like, Oh, they probably didn't cheat on you because they left that day thinking I'm going to cheat on this person. Mm -hmm. They did it probably because they have a a wound in their past where they're not, they don't trust well. They, they Mm -hmm. lack commitment. They, they, they don't, they're not honest with themselves and their feelings. They don't know how to process. And there's all this trauma and this wound Mm -hmm. that becomes part of like, so then if you're able to wrestle with some of that, Mm -hmm. I think it, it removes like, Oh, I hate this person. Or like, I'm so bitter at this person, which it's okay to, to feel hurt if you've been hurt. Yeah. But yeah. part of it is, okay, I see all the wounds and the hurt and the trauma and the, the struggle that they've been through. Mm-hmm. And I can be upset that there's sin in the world. And now I can process in forgiveness that maybe they're not as awful as I thought they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, I see some of the pain. I see some of the reason they got to that. Mm-hmm. That's good. That is super good. Let's look at the example of Joseph. Yeah. yeah. Want to go for it? Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. So when I look at the at the story of Joseph, um, oh geez, remind me what book this is in. Is it Genesis? Yes. Okay. Yep. Good. For a second, I got nervous. So, <laughs> say the wrong thing. Uh, so the story of Joseph, um, he has like twelve brothers or whatever. Yeah, he's one of twelve. One of twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Even with the youngest one, or is twelve? Is the yeah, I think one he's 13? one of twelve because okay. they become the twelve. Yeah. 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 Yep, yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. right. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. You're good. Bible she just literary. took a nap earlier. <laughs> yeah. so I did take a nap. Still waking I'm up. good. <laughs> no. Um, but so Joseph um, has the favor of his father mm-hmm. and his brothers are jealous and upset about it. And they basically kidnap him and, and fake his death and yeah. then sell him as a slave. Yes. Uh, going, which is crazy. They're going to kill him. They're yeah. going to kill him. But, but then they're like, they, one yeah. of them's like, hey, we should probably make some money yeah, off this guy. Yeah. So then they just sell him into <laughs> slavery. Yeah. And so he ends up in Egypt and he uh, ends up just kind of rising in power to eventually gets to a point where his brothers come to him yeah. asking for need and to meet something, a need that they have. Um, and he has this critical moment where he can choose to punish them yeah. for what they've done to him or to forgive and to begin to restore the relationships that exist. And that's the route mm-hmm. that he takes, um, which is just absolutely an amazing, like to get there. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Like these are your flesh and Bread, your brothers and they like we're literally going to kill mm-hmm. you and so yeah. instead sold you into slavery. someone out there is thinking but, about their sibling dynamics yeah, and they're yeah. like oh we got it's it like, so bad and man. joseph literally was sold into yeah. slavery by yeah. his by siblings. his siblings he was yeah. on his own yeah ganged up on by 10 11 other guys part of the story i like and yeah sorry i don't know jump in. You off part of the story i love is when you read the interactions he has with his brothers when mm-hmm. they first come back there is some bitterness there mm-hmm. yeah 
there is some cynical part of him where he's trying to wrestle with what do I do? Yep. They don't recognize him, so yeah. they don't even know who they're interacting with, but he absolutely recognizes them. So there's this power dynamic in play. There's all of these emotions mm-hmm. and feelings. This is the first time he's seen them in so long. They're at his disposal. He could literally kill them if he yeah. wanted to. Like mm-hmm. Revenge is at his fingertips, and he's wrestling with that. Yeah. There's a power dynamic there, yet he chooses over a little period of time. He messes <laughs> with them for a second, <laughs> but he chooses in a period of time to forgive. Yeah. And there's a beauty in that. I mean, it really mm-hmm. starts the nation of Israel's growth to prominence. They become the nation. Um, they become this huge group of people under the protection and blessing of Egypt. Mm-hmm. That becomes a problem later. That's why we have the Exodus. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, I even think without that, if Joseph wasn't forgiving, because he was second in power to Pharaoh, yeah, like he could have easily, like, nope, you guys are gone. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's Israel also mm-hmm. completely gone. Twelve yeah. tribes totally. gone. Yeah. Like non-existent. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that completely just this one moment of forgiveness shaped all of the history to come. Yeah. I mean the removal yeah. of his bitterness and cynicism was part of God's ordained plan to bless and bring about the restoration of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what? <laughs> yeah. You're sitting there thinking I'm bitter at this friend. Like I'm, I'm sitting here thinking I'm bitter at, about this thing, and it's like, oh, maybe God really wants to remove that and use it for His glory. Yep. Woof. That's crazy. Man. What's a practical way to walk about forgiveness, just like uh, Joseph did? We see it in the New Testament. Yeah. Uh, to first of all, trust the sovereignty of God. Mm. Uh, to get rid of the fancy word, to trust that God's in control. Yeah. Um, Romans eight twenty eight would say. And we know that all things happen to us. All th- we, oh my goodness. <laughs> and we know that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting t- into his plans. Um, like God's in control that we can step back and like his plans will still come to fruition. Mm-hmm. That we have power and also no power. That we can yeah. come alongside God and work for him um, and work with him and co-labor with him. Mm-hmm. Or we can step back, get out of the way, and his plans are still going to come to pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we can either help or get out of the way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, even just by trusting in, in that, we know that, like, good things will come mm. because he is in control. Yeah. Because he is all good. So, yeah. yeah. You could th- probably go back one episode and listen to the sermon where Brennan talks about this. Yup. Ta-da. It'll so. be, yeah. It'll be yep. the Maybe one right before this. If you just don't turn this podcast off at the end, it'll come up next. Nice. <laughs> yes, preaching God is in control. I am absolutely in love with this message. I, I love it so much. That's so cool. you should listen to it. Uh, anyways, continuing. Yeah. Another one would be like managing expectations. Mm-hmm. That sometimes we get bitter or cynical because we had unrealistic, mm-hmm. unrealistic expectations of people or ideas. Mm-hmm. That we thought this idea or this, I mean, job, school, club organization we thought they were going to bring us this thing we had these lofty expectations and it didn't come through that way Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden we find ourselves bitter Mm -hmm. and then we're cynical about joining x y and z like yep we've Mm -hmm. done i feel like church hurt comes up every single podcast episode (laughs) (laughs) but we had expectations of what the church was supposed to be it was supposed to be this perfect representation of jesus it's supposed to be this place where i never have to do conflict because everybody's on this radical pursuit of jesus it's this expectation that gets shattered because the church is a group of broken people trying to pursue like mm-hmm. ho- healing and wholeness. Yep. And then we find ourselves bitter because we've been hurt, but now we're cynical about joining church again. Mm-hmm. And we, we spread that cynicism to others. And in some ways we're church hurt evangelists that try to yeah. 
bring other people's church hurt out of them and like try to, <laughs> I, I, I see it and it's, it's hard and it's, it's real, it's true, but that starts from a place of mismatched expectations, mm-hmm. um, whether it's with an organization or just people. Yeah. Like I can't tell you how many people I've had to, as a pastor and as a friend, they've gotten bitter or cynical about me yeah. or my role or what I do. And it's like, it's because they expected things of me that I couldn't provide. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't be Jesus to you. I couldn't heal that wound. I couldn't provide yeah. for you in that way. And so now they're bitter and cynical mm-hmm. and, and it's hard, but forgiveness is again back the. Yeah. And we're also people who love jumping to conclusions. Yeah. Mm. That we don't have the right expectations because we always assume things mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know I'm the worst at it as well. I will like, I don't listen to like the outside things. I'm like, all right, I already assume what's happening like mm. in your mind, mm. inside of mine. Yeah. So I'm like, you already write the narrative of, yep. they did yeah. this because of this. Yes. Yeah. Without ever talking to you about mm. it. And that's hard. Yeah. Like we live in a culture that does that. Like, yeah. so now you've wound yourself up in bitterness and yeah. cynicism around some faulty idea that might not even be true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's like, like, oh, they did that because they don't like me. And now I'm hurt and bitter and cynical, <laughs> but really they didn't do that at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, I've been hurt and, and pent up and like all wound up for the past two weeks. And then I go have a quick conversation. Well, that was all for nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was totally not the, like, yeah. I totally did that to myself and it's self-sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor absolutely. Aaron here at the church, he talks about it as writing yourself into the center of the narrative. Yep. That mm-hmm. everybody in this in in the whole world is living their own individual lives. Yeah. But when it comes to us, we we are very quick to assume we are at the center of the mm-hmm. narrative. So they did that because of me. They they acted yep. in this way because of me. They're feeling that because of me. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, maybe they have a whole nother string of things, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're quick to do that. Yeah. So then the ways to combat mm-hmm. that are to choose to be an optimistic person and yeah. to be optimistic about other people mm-hmm. um, and to believe the best in others. Mm-hmm. And then I think <clears throat> communicate expectations, yeah. Yeah. talk with people about, mm-hmm. if you have an expectation of someone, talk with them about it. Yep. Is mm-hmm. it something they can meet? Is it not? Sometimes it's just, they didn't know that's what you expected of them and they maybe could, they just didn't know. Yeah. So communicate. We can't read each other's minds. So yeah, unfortunately you got to ask yeah. one of the things that just thought, Oh, there's a pastor who I who I used to listen to all the time, and he would always say that his initial disposition when he's offended is they didn't mean it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So real. every single time someone hurts him or, or wounds him or says something or does something that he doesn't like, he tries to have this initial disposition, this initial gut reaction is they didn't mean it. And part of and as he walked it out, he like explained. He's like he's had people come up to him in his foyer and say really mean things to his face and like he, he instantly tries to think in his mind they didn't mean it. Like they 100% in their mind maybe meant it. They yeah. came up to you and said, that sermon was garbage. It was trash. <laughs> I don't like the way you communicate. I think you're terrible. And he's like, they didn't mean it. Yeah. But this changes his whole demeanor in this. And yeah. it <clears throat> in some ways shields his heart from bitternism, bitterness and cynicism mm-hmm. bitterness. because bitternism. Nice, let's go. go. (laughs) Because he's he's trying to assume the best about people and he's not writing himself Mm -hmm. in. So literally he's seeing this person have this outpouring of hurt Mm -hmm. and he's saying, that's probably not coming from me. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's probably somewhere else in their life that is just overflowing into me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why he says they didn't mean it. That even if they would sit down and say, I did mean it, Mm -hmm. like he's saying they didn't because he's trying to protect them and then believe the best about them. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. I don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i've tried to do it i'm i'm working to do it i think it is a good place but oh, yeah man it hard. is hard yeah that's right yeah. yeah but it would protect my heart better mm-hmm. 
you know, because I do the same thing as mm-hmm. probably everybody listening. And I love to assume people are mm-hmm. always thinking about me and my feelings when yep. they choose to do things. And <laughs> most of the time they are not. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And also I think like comes back to think of like the fullness of life is to live at peace with everyone. And like you can't really experience a full life mm-hmm. if you're like, mm, this person hate this person like hates me or like I hate this person because of this. Mm-hmm. Like if you've ever had that moment of like miscommunication where like you've assumed something and then you have that conflict resolution, it's like, oh, like I feel so much better. Like there is yeah. a huge mm-hmm. weight lifted mm-hmm. off that's like that's why we're called to live at peace with everyone because that's mm-hmm. where the fullness of life is found. Mm-hmm. Because you can't live in the fullness of life with that weight, with that burden of bitterness and cynicism on you. Yeah. And lastly, this so this conversation orients just around what's in our heart and how, yeah. how we feel in a lot of ways. So what would we tell people just to end if they feel they're so stuck? Oh, my goodness. I'm just dying over here today. <laughs> <laughs> if they feel they're so stuck in bitterness and cynicism, what would we tell them to just, hey, start here? Yeah. Let God transform your heart. Like you have the Holy Spirit in you. If you believe in Jesus, like you have the presence of God within you who, who desires to, to refine and transform you. Um, and so like bitterness and cynicism can make your heart hard. Um, and in Ezekiel 36 um, verses 26, we can see um, just put into play where it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a new heart of flesh mm-hmm. so that we can be renewed. Like, yeah. This is something that like, go ask God about, like, give me that new heart, like desire that, like, I want a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. So yeah. Yeah. Pray for it. Ask for for it. it. Mm -hmm. You know, he wants to answer that prayer. So if you feel bitter, if you feel cynical, hopefully one of these things can help you today. But if you need something, always you can reach out. Peace out from the Oasis podcast, people. Bye. Bye.